go to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? We've reached the Batman era on the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast and the latest and last Prince album of the 1980s. That's kind of a crazy thing to think. I've done this long enough to cover all of his 1980s albums. This is an album that helped regain Prince's commercial clout. And the first track off of 1989's Batman album is The Future. Joining me on this episode is Joe Andrews. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you for inviting me to the show. This is wonderful. You're welcome. I'm glad to have a new guest on. Brand new album. First track off a new album, new guest. Uh, it's kind of a cool situation I'm in right now and unique. And I think I want to give you an opportunity at this point to share with the audience a little bit about who you are and maybe your connection to Prince to help them kind of gain a better understanding of where you're coming from, Joe. Uh, so my, my, my connection to Prince is, uh, you know, like, like everybody who was, um, born in 1982. Um, when I, uh, uh, came into, to consciousness, I don't remember the first time I heard Prince the same way. I don't remember the first time I heard Michael Jackson. It was just like, uh, something that was always around the house, but with Prince specifically, uh, the purple rain album was around the house and it wasn't until I got older that I realized my family were not fans of Prince as much as they were fans of the Purple Rain project. Um, mm -hmm. Like, uh, so really, uh, my chronology in terms of Prince was, you know, like Purple Rain is around the house and played around the world in the day was also around the house, but it wasn't played because they didn't like that record. <laughs> like, because uh, it wasn't Purple Rain. And then the next thing that I got from Prince was when my family bought a CD player and the first album they bought was the Batman soundtrack. So I have a different chronology in terms of how it occurred, like, you know, in my consciousness, you know, like I don't I, I don't have the the chronology of like, you know, like you like, you know, he releases Sign of the Times, he releases Love Sexy, the Black Album. Like, I didn't know of, of any of that. It was. The only thing that I knew about Prince was, um, you know, Purple Rain, Around the World in the Day, the Batman soundtrack certainly emerged. And remember, it's Batmania, so like anything with the Batman thing is going to sell. I mean, like I had the nightlight, I had the poster. That's about Batman, not about Prince. Uh, anyway, I ended up, uh, by the time I got to college, I got like, uh, you know, deeper into Prince. I took a road trip going up to my internship up in Connecticut and I got like the hits, um, you know, version, like, uh, you know, like one, two and the B size, like three disc compilation. And that's when I said, oh my goodness, there's like an entire other world. Like, you know, there's this, I mean, I kind of view um, the song um, Uptown as being like the, the Prince manifesto. Um, you know, like, you know, black, white, Puerto Rican, everybody just a freaking like, you know, like, and it's just like liberation. And I, I really latched into that. So then that's when I got into all of his albums and I slowly acquired all of his 80s material, um, you know, like, uh, you know, at first on CD and then eventually on vinyl. Um, and that's my connection to Prince, um, as, as I can articulate it now. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So Batman, I think, was a touching, a touchstone for a number of people I've heard Purple Rain or 1999 weren't necessarily their entry points. Some people say and cite Batman as being their entry point. I think it depends on when you're born. You know, like you mentioned, you were born in the early 80s. So the timing makes sense. You're right at that age that this kind of project would appeal, would appeal to you um, being connected to basically a superhero movie before they became <laughs> basically uh, two or three to four superhero movies a year. This was a big deal, like to have Batman sort of reimagined for a modern audience in 1989, taking a more darker turn 
and incorporating um you know one of the biggest pop stars on the planet at the time and for prince it was it was a clear uh win for him because again as i mentioned in the intro regained some commercial clout that he had lost a little bit after the love sexy project as much as many of us loved the album and loved the the music on it, it wasn't a commercial success the love sexy tour cost a lot of money spent you know he's, he and his record company spent a lot of uh, money on that tour so needed to recoup a little bit of that and what better mm-hmm. way to do that than to attach your name to essentially what was going to be the hot shit for 1989 you know <laughs> i mean batman was everywhere and it, it unless he i mean he, it would have had to have been an enormous uh creative bomb in order for it to not do well attached to what you know what it was the biggest movie of 1989 in essence yeah so a, a big deal a big deal i think i think i think it's one of the i think it's one of the the few times when like the um that buzzword uh you know synergy actually does apply um you know like prince is on warner brothers batman was released by warner brothers um it was really a it, i mean it, it really did just all come together in gel i mean in a way that did not feel at all forced um like uh, it was it was great yeah i was excited to see in 1989 i would have been 14 so i was excited to see prince's name attached to it um for me you know i was a big 1999 purple rain around the world in a day fan i loved sign of the times but i but i was also getting into a lot of other different styles of music at that time and i noticed like i saw videos for alphabet street but then nothing else and i mean i know and talking to others who were watching different tv programs that i was in 1988 they were they were seeing videos for i wish you heaven and glam slam being played but mtv really wasn't wasn't checking for that in 1988 a whole lot. So I thought maybe he had kind of made had a misstep there creatively. And seeing Batman, I'm like, okay, well, this is a, this is a positive step is where my my head was going. This is a positive step for Warner Brothers, for you know Tim Burton's Batman, and especially I thought for Prince because I really liked his music, but I just thought maybe commercially he wasn't hitting on all cylinders and i wanted to see him succeed again i wanted to see him reach the commercial heights i don't know why that was important to me at the time well like that's what i I was about i was about to ask like like um and i i don't think it's i don't think i don't i I don't think it's a bad thing why was it important for you to 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 see success for prince i i i had felt that way about michael jackson before like you know in the 90s for prince which is like what are you doing but like <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean it just it all kind of comes back to a false i think a false sense of commercial uh viability equals legitimacy and also a little bit like like i even with some of the the more indie or underground or hip-hop artists that i was really loving at the time whenever i saw them reach commercial success and kind of cross over like get their stuff played on MTV or, you know, seeing their albums do well in the the sound scan era, because prior to sound scan, we really didn't have a good feel for what records were, how records were selling. And then as soon as they started actually counting the number of units sold, not based off of pre-shipments or buzz. And then all of a sudden artists like NWA and and a lot of these, these uh, hip hop groups and underground, um, you know, kind of, underground rap groups were really doing pushing big numbers and, and records I'm like see i told you this this shit is popular yeah. just because you don't hear it on the radio and just because you don't see their videos outside of yomtv raps doesn't mean that there's not a huge audience for this stuff and i felt like the same way with prince like prince stuff is still popular just because you're not seeing his videos on mtv all the time True. getting pushed like it was in purple rain i just had a feeling like his stuff was still popular and i wanted to see almost wanted to prove the naysayers wrong that thought maybe he was falling off and he was maybe i don't want to say a one-trick pony because obviously he had more than one hit but just like his uh commercial viability had you know basically gone away or it was flushed down the toilet after the love sexy bomb and i'm using air quotes bomb because yeah you know i mean it's all relative i mean he still sold a no i think it went gold which is still really good but 
For Prince, not so much. And so I was just wanted to kind of shove it in people's faces that weren't yes. <laughs> that weren't I, fans I, I, of him to say I, like this guy could still make popular music. Just give him a chance. I've all I've always liked the way Prince described this era. There's an interview he did with with Chris Rock, and I think that Prince gave a more honest interview with Chris Rock because he's in because Chris Rock is an artist. So like there was like a sort of um, identification there. And Chris Rock showed him clips of like Little Red Corvette, you know, Purple Rain, you know, like, do you want to beat that guy? Like I was looking at a clip of Mike Tyson, Chris Rock said, and like, you know, and he's looking at old footage, like, you know, could I beat that guy? Do you want to beat that guy? And then mm -hmm. Prince says, you no, you don't you don't you don't want to beat that guy. You can't beat that guy. The Like a Virgin era, the Thriller era, the Purple Rain era that came from. I mean, that's that that's just a phenomenon. It's a wave. And, you know, like uh, it's just something that like we were all a part of. But like it was never Prince's intention to. To keep going on that wave. I mean, that's what distinguished him from Michael Jackson, I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, Michael wanted to just ride that wave forever. Prince, he's just not that Michael is not an artist, but like Prince, it, you know, like he would. He wanted to sell records, but he was always he, he's, he's he's like the biggest indie underground artist. I mean, like other people have said that, like, um, but like, yes, like, um, yeah, he makes indie music that just happened to occasionally get really popular. <laughs> yes, he has the indie. He has like an indie indie mindset. Like, I'm going to make music for me. And if people dig it, cool. And if they don't also cool i mean occasionally he would have to dip back his toes back into the pop waters in order to because he also liked to have the creative freedom and the ability to do what he wanted when he wanted which also comes that autonomy comes with uh commercial success in some Absolutely. ways you gotta play that game the things that he would release to the mpg music club i mean like i don't doubt that prince believed in these songs but he wouldn't have given them the warner brothers you know like mm -hmm. he knows what he has to do in order to, you know, make the economic engine of Prince World work. Yeah, for sure. And so yeah, this this is a really this project, this Batman project, I felt was um, an interesting way to dip his toes into that and get some of that uh, clout back, regain some some of his autonomy that maybe he was losing get some make some money to support maybe a future endeavor that he had in his mind like you know you give a little i mean it happens even with movies like you'll see actors say like i make this big budget movie so i can make this independent movie you know i do this so i can have this kind of situation and that's what batman always felt like to me but this is where it gets a little tricky because then some say well the music suffered because of it i don't know i don't necessarily feel that way i mean is batman the his best album of the 1980s i don't think so um i don't think it's one of his best albums period but i thoroughly enjoy it and i definitely uh enjoyed this song that we're going to be talking about here today and that's the future the first song off of the album what are your thoughts about the future joe so my my initial thought about the future is that i wish because, you know, like, you know, God knows when Prince recorded stuff. I wish the future replaced the song Sign of the Times on the Sign of the Times album. Uh, Sign of the Times is my favorite double album from uh, from many artists, with the exception of maybe songs in the key of life. Um, but like, you know, like it's still it's, it's one of those rare double albums that I can listen to from beginning to end. It takes you on a journey and like, you know it's it's sprawling it's everything but mm -hmm. my criticism of it and it's really my only criticism of it is prince doesn't talk to people so like when he said you know like when sign of the times like you know you know september my cousin tried reefer for the very first time and and now and now they're doing heroin that you know it's just like if i was one of the people who could like talk to prince and have him give a shit about my creative opinion i would say prince <laughs> I want you to go and talk. When it, I will ask you a question. When is the last time you've talked to a person? 
and then I would like say like, you know, like, uh, you know, it's going to be longer than like who's going to want to admit and then just like talk to somebody and then go back and write the song again. Like, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the future is like, um, you know, one of the songs in which like when Prince talks about politics, he you know, he doesn't he doesn't get lost in the wilderness because Prince lives in Prince world, you know, and the future actually seems like a bit of incisive commentary, not many lyrics, but it's a song. So like so songs are sketches of stories, you know, songs are sketches of events or incidents or like, you know, like or perspectives. I feel like the future, you know, like especially when it, um, you know, alludes to these dangers of nostalgia, you know, like um you know, like uh, Hollywood you know, colleges, images of the past, images of yeah. the past. Right. Yeah. You know, that's that's way more politically incisive in terms of the dangers of nostalgia than like anything on the song on the side of the times, you know, title cut. And then it almost feels like it could have been. I feel like it would have fit. I feel like, you know, like in terms of the production style, even though it's like a little bit more, uh, you know, aggressive. Um, you know, than Sign of the Times. I, I mean, I think it would have fit. And don't change the t title of the album. You know, call it, call, still call it Sign of the Times. But like, I just wish the future replaced Sign of the Times as the lead track. Um, and Interesting. I, um, like, uh, you know, like, and I don't want to say the Prince was completely out of touch because when I think about the Sign of the Times album cover and like, you know, you see Prince, you know, just walking away from this like you know landscape he's created behind him where you have a bar and grill you have a red light district you have um uh you know like you have like you know movie theaters like you know that is what us proletariats do with our time when we get off from work so he did understand but like you know like but it, it, it's captured visually more so than lyrically and sonically mm -hmm. um, yeah that's an interesting perspective i haven't heard anybody express that point of view before so thanks for sharing that uh interesting interesting so the future yes so let's let's take a step back and just talk a little, just briefly about what i know about the future before we start digging into the lyrics so from what i gather from prince vault so the accuracy is based off of that the song was recorded in early 1989 and it was one of the songs that was commissioned and created for the batman soundtrack so that's that's what it's been documented whether or not that's true or not we don't know we would have to have another Dwayne Tudal deep dive as to whether or not this song dates you know has genesis earlier than that we just know when it was recorded again so it was recorded in early 89 and what he does what he, he kind of samples himself or samples an old song of his an unreleased song at the time at least crystal ball so you'll hear within the song that Claire Fisher orchestral strings um, here in this song, and that's pulled directly from Crystal Ball, which by 1989 was a song that had never been released. It wouldn't be released until it finally found its way onto Crystal Ball in 1997 or 8, whenever that was. So that's interesting. Um, he uses the, the Minneapolis gospel group Sounds of Blackness for background vocals in the song, even though background vocals really aren't prominent i don't when i think of the song i don't think of like vocal harmonies and you know mixing of, of of vocals like i do in a lot of his other tracks i don't know this song feels like really stark and fairly bare bones which is why your comparison to sign of the times makes sense because they're both kind of structured similarly but that does exist and the song was not released as a single in the united states but it was released as a single in europe and it included a a remix by William Orbit and Mark Moore. So I don't know if anybody has heard that or if even you've heard that version, Joe. I have remix not. version. Yeah, I haven't either because I I have all of like Prince's singles from you know released in the United States, but I've never gone back and like looked for uh, singles released in other countries that weren't released in the United States. This would be one for me to to check out because it actually includes something unique and 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 different than what we we got in the united states this remix maybe uh this would this would be something that would end up on a, a hypothetical batman's you know deluxe edition someday would be this remix i'm sure yeah um so another thing that kind of makes the song interesting is 
the way it is let off by incorporating incorporating snippets of of dialogue from the film so the first you know the intro lines are, are taken straight from the film i'm not going to kill you i want you to do me a favor i want you to tell all your friends about me what are you i'm batman and that's first things we hear in the song so uh, what i like about that is prince is clearly you know by using these snippets in the film he's making the direct connection right off the bat that this is a project for a film you know the easiest way to do that and maybe the the you know the, the cheapest way to do that is to take snippets from whatever project you're supporting you know what whatever you want to call it if it's if it's savvy uh, shrewd or cheap <laughs> it works because you immediately think this is a song intended for a film now i'm placing you know my image my imagery of what's what prince is talking about in this film or in the song in the context of gotham city in the context of the batman universe and by doing that you know i think that's what was a, a smart way to give us that um that imagery and also let lead us to believe and lead us to understand the perspective that prince is singing the song from so this is something that we touched on just very briefly and i'll touch on it here is each of these songs on the batman soundtrack are intended to be sung from a perspective of a character from the film and this is this is a sign this is this is not just like speculation this was documented in the liner notes and this is why you know you'd ask me to to grab the CD beforehand because I wanted to double check. And there it says the future lead vocal by Batman. And that's in parentheses. So we're, we're given that information up front. It's not a speculative point of view. This is, this is facts. This is documented. So this song is, as you're listening to it, you're supposed to be in the mind mindset of it being the dark Knight himself. Uh, do you find that? interesting like a, a yes a i do neat creative choice I, I i i do i do find it interesting i find it interesting because so now i'm going to veer into the speculative like you know you're dealing with the mind of prince and i'm obsessed with him like in his psyche like you know for whatever reason um i i've heard that prince was under the impression that the movie would be based around the soundtrack that he wrote like uh I can't remember where I, um, I can't remember where I heard or read that, but it sounds like something that Prince would think. I was gonna say that's a pretty bold assumption to make. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna write this album, and you're gonna create an entire like blockbuster movie around it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like uh, you know, but like I am interested in seeing the movie that Prince had in his head. You know, because when it, you know, when it starts off with Batman. Like, you know, and, you know, and the first lines, as you said, I'm glad you said them. I'm not going to kill you. I, I'm, I want you to do me a favor. And it's like, that's not how heroes talk. The, heroes don't say things like that, you know. So it, it, it's sort of like, you know, like, uh, you know, it sort of like, you know, draws me into, you know, like this, you know, this Prince mystique of like, you know, you have Batman and you have the Joker and in Prince's world the Batman and the Joker are not to be viewed as like, you know, unrelated psyches. They're both, you know, kind of crazy in the same way. Um, I mean, like, and even Prince even showed that visually in a video where he's like, I think, I think it's for bad dance or maybe it's part of it. I can't remember where he's at. Like half of them is in Joker um, costume and half of them is in like, you know, it, it so you know, like the 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 setting is Gotham City, you know, like, you know, that if you if you if you if you remember the first scene of that movie, you know, it drops you in Gotham City, which is just like, you know, it's dark, you know, it's fairly dystopian. And that is like the that's the vibe that Prince wants us to visualize when he talks about the future. He's talking about a dystopian future, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think he's drawing on that. Um, you know, for the movie, like, you know, is it is it cheap? I mean, like, I I suppose you could uncharitably view it as being cheap. I mean, like it, you know, like I almost feel like. I mean, this is like 
this is not, he's sampling the movie and sampling was big in hip hop. I mean, like, I don't think that like he samples in a particularly hip hop way, but like, um, you not know, like it does times. feel current, you know, it's feel, it feel, it felt current in 1989. I'll say that it, it probably seems like out of place now. Like if you were like listening to it with fresh ears and you don't have like Batman permanently infused in your consciousness, you know, like I could see how it could seem, you know, bizarre. Also, remember when I heard this album, like, you know, how old, how, how old was I? Like six, seven? You know, of course I love it. <laughs> it just sounds cool. It, it, I, yeah, I remember that from the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, this isn't something that he only did this this one time in this one song. There's sample dialogue throughout the album. And you're right. In 1989, this would have been something that you didn't often hear on soundtracks like i I listened to a lot of 80s soundtracks and you you didn't find sample dialogue on flash dance you didn't find sample dialogue a dirty dancing soundtrack or top gun or or even purple rain so um it is it is a unique at least at the time a unique way of of connecting the dots and a creative choice and and bat dance i mean kind of culminates in in bat dance the final right. song on, on the like, album where he just smashed like completely mashes up all these different samples and loops and in a, in a very creative way so it's just like hey i'm doing this thing and at the end of the album i'm gonna do this thing times 10 so and then <laughs> get, and then, then bad dance i know i know we're here to talk about the future but but bad dance is either like a, a avant-garde masterpiece or or, or future garbage <laughs> like i'm on the side of avant-garde masterpiece personally i love that dance <laughs> like uh i i love i love i love the um i love the funky break after like you know stop the press who is that like you know vicky vale like that's that i mean that's that's what does it for me but like i could yeah. i could totally understand but again it batmania again anything with batman associated with it like was going to be well liked well received <laughs> bought mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's smart. smart. The future, um, I, I, I don't remember. It's been a little bit since I've seen the Batman movie. I actually just watched it maybe a couple of years ago, a year or so ago with my family for the first time in decades. And so I was finally pointing out in ways that I maybe missed before. Like, oh, that's a snippet of that. Oh, that's that's clearly I mean, there's there's moments in the movie where the Prince music is up front and center but most of the time it's not like the danny elfman score is is the most prominently used music in that film for sure with the with occasionally prince songs dropped in so the credits with scandalous you've got the uh the party man or i mean the trust scene with the um joker um and the parade in the future can just briefly be heard coming out of a car radio um and, and you know just as a car's passing by you hear a little bit of the future coming out of that car radio and that's 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 this song's claim to fame in terms of its presence in the film uh let's see what else do i want to talk about before we jump in i think you hit the nail on the head with like this song coming from the perspective of batman and kind of being about a dystopian dark kind of dangerous environment and like this is a good way to kick off the album because it kind of paints a picture again for all of us as the listener batman kind of i envisioned batman standing on top of a building like looking down on gotham city and and really thinking to himself like this place needs needs me like look at all the stuff that i'm seeing in front of me and i'm gonna you know prince is going to describe a lot of this this these um these negative kind of bad situations in the lyrics you know painting a picture of some of a of a city that is in need of a hero in need of some help and in need of some law and order i mean there's a lot of good versus evil imagery in the in the movie in the album in the song you know princess gemini is is a perfect example like a visual example of that as you've described with him being half joker half batman so it's um smart and i think a great opening track for the album so if you're ready i'm ready let's get let's get digging in i'm i'm ready okay so after that intro with sample dialogue we go right into the the actual chorus so this is kind of a song that leads with the chorus 
I've seen the future and it will be. I've seen the future and it works. And if there's life after, we will see. So I can't go like a jerk. Um, okay, so the thing that I always kind of might take away from this song over the years has been like that first line. I've seen the future and it will be. It seems like an unanswered question or like an incomplete statement. I've seen the future and it will be what? <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on just like the chorus, maybe that line in particular, Joe? So like, so like, so like the first off, um, the reason I love your podcast is because it's fundamentally a semantics podcast. You know, like you, you, you analyze the, the lyrics of songs, but then we also have to remember it's validated by the music, right? So like yep. the lines as stated, like it seems like a bit of a forced rhyme, but like the beat is so driving and so sparse that like, you know, like it, it almost seems like a bit mystical. So like, you know, I've seen the future and it will be, I think that the, the, the semantically we should focus on the word it, you know, like it to me symbolizes like a plot, you know, like, you know, I've seen the future and it will be, I've seen the future and it works. Like somebody did something, somebody cooked up like a it scheme. Will be. Yeah. And then okay. like, you know, like he, you know, like Prince has like, you know, gone into the future, um, seeing the dystopian uh, horror come to life because like there was a plan and it worked. Right. And then like, um, and, and you know, it's dystopian because like, you know, Prince, you know, in Prince world, you know, like when have you ever heard him question belief in afterlife? you know aside from here like you know like if there's life after we will see that's that that's not prince talking i mean i, I mean you know that's not love no yeah yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right it, like uh you know so then i suppose the question i would have because i've heard the song you know like and i was trying to figure out you know because i have to talk about things like you know what is the plot what like what what is the plot <laughs> what happened like you know what is the it um and then i think it gets to that in the next verse but like continue yeah no i do like you pointing out that in many times in the past prince has expressed a firm and unwavering belief in the afterlife this has been another common theme that i've uncovered over doing these episodes for the past three years is prince's belief in the afterlife is is unwavering but he sounds uncertain here and so this is why coming from the perspective of somebody else batman in this case and if there's life we will see you know like i don't know we'll we'll find out i guess so i'm not going to go out like a jerk meaning like i'm not going to risk that <laughs> risk that opportunity of there being an afterlife and me not um me not doing what i need to do here on earth in yeah. order to to see the the good side of the afterlife the better half of the afterlife so yeah, I, I like that uh, point. I like you pointing that out to make sure that we are getting this from the perspective of not Prince, uh, somebody else. And but the thing I did want to make mention is I don't remember there being a lot of spirituality themes in the film itself. No. Right? So the fact that this is something that Prince focused on, or talking about this in the course, also leads you to believe like this is a Prince recording made. With before seeing the final cut of the film, because um, by all accounts he was just given like some rough drafts or maybe some early, early footage or whatever to kind of work with and helping him write the music, that you know the the version the songs that were actually written for the film, and uh, but Prince has got to be Prince at the end of the day, you know he's going <laughs> to insert his ideologies, and one of his things I mean he's just coming right off of his most spiritual album up up to this uh, up to this point in his career. So he's not going to just completely abandon those those thoughts and and those themes here in this project. Like they don't they don't stick around. Like this isn't a really spiritual album, but he's still going to put put that out there when appropriate when he sees fit. And so for him to put that here in this chorus again, it's like this isn't Prince, but it's also Prince, you know, <laughs> because he's including stuff like this. I mean, like he he always did he he always did this. Like you know, like um you know, like um. I, I, I saw like an interview, I think it was uh, Suzanne Melvon, his engineer, saying that Susan like, Rogers? 
that's yeah, that, that sorry yes um <laughs> no problem like um like uh you know saying that like uh, you know morris day and prince you know together you know that that it's a distinct personality you know that i mean that like that 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 came to be when prince was in a good mood or when he was happy like you know or when or when morris was in the room like you know that's it it's a personality that will come out and you know and he had other ones mm-hmm. like um you know prince is not just one person i mean he's just not there, there are multiple there are multiple psyches in there i mean the purple rain movie yeah. has at least three prince morris day and apolloni who was supposed to be vanity who he said he's like you're the female version of me i mean and yeah. that he just had multiple psyches and you know it, it's just yeah. yeah, I mean, we're all we're all complex human beings at the end of the day. We just don't all have this uh, this platform that he had to communicate and express them in that way. Some some do through painting or writing or just whatever creative endeavors they indulge in. Prince had music and he had an audience. So we were all kind of privy to that. And uh, yeah. yeah, maybe he as a Gemini, I mean, I'm not big on astrological signs, but as a Gemini, maybe he had it more than others a little bit who knows (laughs) all right so that's the chorus of the song any further comments on the chorus before we jump into the verse okay so again this song goes right from the sample dialogue into the chorus into the first verse First verse is systematic overthrow of the underclass. Hollywood conjures images of the past. New world needs spirituality that will last. I've seen the future and it will be. All right. So this first verse to me kind of speaks a little bit to, well, I mean, it's touching on a couple different things here in my opinion. You've got, you know, classism that it kind of, points to with the systematic overthrow of the underclass and then the line hollywood conjures images of the past you had touched on a little bit already nostalgia and kind of the aesthetic kind of matches a little bit like old hollywood and gotham city have some of that same appearance it's just one is more of a a a lighter supposed to be a lot lighter and one is a much more dark uh, aesthetic um let's see and then he talks a little bit about spirituality again so like him saying prince talking about social issues or just problems in the world and then pointing to spirituality as being a little bit of the answer or being like this is our this is the direction we should take as a society we need a little bit more love in the world we need a little bit more spirituality a little bit more um uh, belief and understanding of of god's word that kind of thing uh, what else? What else are you seeing here, Joe? Do you see anything different than what I've already expressed, or you want to point out something else? So I don't, I don't, I don't see anything um, uh, different than what you expressed. As much as like, I think, you know, it, just as a tool that like you know politicians or duplicitous people can use, you know, they will, they will like uh, you know conjure this image of like you know this forgotten past in which things were better and then humans were somehow better. And then, like, because of chosen enemy, you know, now, like, you know, we we're in this state you're in. That's why you're poor. You're poor because insert group, like, you know, took you away from the legacy of like, you know, whatever nonsense you have like in your head in terms of the past being better. And I think that like, you know, like that's a lot to project into it. But like, you know, like all those all those images that we have of the past do generally come from Hollywood. You know, like. Um, like Ronald Reagan, he was a, he was an old Hollywood actor, you know, like he was, mm-hmm. he was big in the eighties and like, you know, people see him and he can like, you know, convey, you know, this, like, I don't know, I don't know what his persona is for the people who like him, but like, maybe like a John Wayne persona, maybe a, yeah, you're not far off. <laughs> That's pretty um, close. 
so like um uh you know good old american boy you know he was a hollywood star and then now he's yeah now he's president of the united states and he's got your best interest at heart unless of course you're uh gay or black or right anything Uh, but yeah i mean like and then like um you know like even if you look at the way that like um people view the wars you know like you know why do we think that world war ii was a good war i mean like yes it was like you know ostensibly about like um you know getting rid of the nazis although like in reality it's more about like destroying the you know destroying the um uh you know the means of production so that like you know japan doesn't connect with the rest of europe or asia um you know like mm-hmm. uh, and li- linking their rural manufacturing centers but like you can't sell that to the war uh, no. you can't sell the public to that as the war right but like you can but hollywood can sell it as like that's when we defeated the nazis america is good america is innocent you know like just mm. this notion of innocence that's what and i feel like prince knows this you know like that's you know like in and i and, and he and he's able to articulate it here better than he does on like you know other projects um mm-hmm. and uh so like yes that's me reading a bit into it but at the same time like you know it's such a clunky line like hollywood conjures images of the past it, it has to be there for you know you know a reason it's not like a particularly like catchy line in and of itself so like i think he was actually talking about something and he's talking about the way you know like uh, our media images can just give us this false impression of history which can like give us um which can lead us awry into the future yeah i mean it's kind of like placating the masses in a way those who maybe are like he, he follows that line follows up the line about the underclass systematic overthrow of the underclass so you kind of if you're connecting the the two lines together it makes sense to say like that line the hollywood conjures images of the past is what it's doing is it's in some ways placating the underserved and giving giving those people a false sense of security uh, throwing nostalgia at them to make them feel like everything's going to be okay the world really hasn't changed that much um this is the way the world is and it's really just a fabricated hollywood image and not reality and and that's that's kind of what i'm thinking about when i hear those lines put together like that yeah um okay so then we move on to the second verse because in between these verses is the chorus again but we already talked about that it's the same i've seen the future and it will be i've seen the future and it works and if there's life after we will see so it can't go like a jerk yellow smiley off of me ex. like it's drinking seven up Drink six razor blades Razor blades from a paper cup You can't understand I say too tough It's just that I've seen the future Boy, it's rough I've seen the future and it will be I've seen the future and it works Yellow Smiley offers me X Like he's drinking 7-Up I would rather drink six razor blades razor blades from a paper cup you can't understand i say too tough it's just that i've seen the future and boy it's rough okay this second verse is an interesting one there's a lot of a lot of interesting words some unique words put together here that taken by themselves without any context you're like where does he come up with i mean like why seven up why six razor blades what is yellow smiley you know (laughs) and but decoding again it kind of helps us like as a child a lot of these lines i'm like i don't i really don't know what he's talking about you could figure it out through context clues that yellow smiley offers me x line x has got to be ecstasy but i wasn't familiar with the drug ecstasy yeah, as a child I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't i didn't get it then either i mean like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it, these some of these lines are pretty abstract or at least um coded well coded so, like, what do you like? What do you like about this second first, Joe? That you wanted to point out. I'll let you start with this one. Yeah. So, like, um, again, speculation, but like, you know, like, um, I think the listener of this podcast would have heard 
the uh, you know the story that like um, Prince took ecstasy at some point had um, you know a bad journey or a bad experience, and then like uh, uh, like some people say that that's what made him like you know withdraw the um, the Black Album. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that like Prince was like you know super heavy into drugs, but I don't believe that he never did drugs. Um, and yeah, I'd be uh, pretty naive to believe that. Yeah. And then like um and and I think that uh you know like uh but th- he's still trying to have an anti-drug message, you know, like you know, like you know, I would rather drink six razor blades. It's like that sounds like somebody that um totally did ecstasy <laughs> and just trying to <laughs> and, ha- and hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um did it and hated it. Like uh, you know, um I, I, I think that like I was trying to figure out you know, because like this one's in, the, in this, this these lines come in the context of like you know would our rap have, would our rap have been different if we only knew? Like he talks about like someone playing someone told him playing cops and robbers was cool. I know I'm like skipping ahead, but it's almost like he's like he's trying to like he's trying to like offer like some sort of positive message, some sort of anti drug message. That's not right because I don't think that like anti drug messages are inherently. Uh, positive but like in prince's world they are though right so like he's trying to like he's trying to be like you know anti-drug but at the same time um he seems to have he seems to have had some some experience with ecstasy that i don't i don't i I can't make anything else than that it would be pure speculation from there yeah yeah but i mean it's it's a common commonly held belief i mean we've had and it's not because we're those of us who believe it are just pulling it out of thin air. There have been stories and people have, there's been anecdotes. People have told stories. So unless all these people are liars, which I guess, or just have a really bad memory. I mean, this was 30 plus years ago. Um, but that's, that's essentially the belief is that there was a bad trip that ended up causing Prince to pull the black album. So for him, a whole year later, cause that allegedly happened in December of 1987, which is when the black album was supposed to be released. Now, we believe this song was written and recorded around late 88, early 89. It's a whole year later. So this must have really, like, this anti-drug message was something that he really wanted to stick with and really still felt, you know, strongly about. It wasn't just, like, a knee-jerk reaction to something that just happened. This is still stick stuck with him a whole year later. Yellow Smiley, I believe, just is another... Um, you know, is it a code word for dealer, drug dealer? Yeah. But I like, but I like it because it also gives you imagery of the Joker. True. Because the Joker's got that permanent grin on his face, and so for him to say smiley, yeah, his face isn't yellow; it's mostly white. Like they use white makeup for the Joker, but saying yellow smiley, you know, you get a couple images. You get if you're talking about it in the context of a Batman song from a batman soundtrack you can instantly think joker smiley but also yellow smiley you've got that uh that's that uh popular smiley face uh have a nice day photo. yeah it's, I mean, like, it's a yellow photo with a guy with a smile on his face um so that's another image you get uh let's see and then but i do believe it's just supposed to be kind of representation of a drug dealer because it's offering him x yeah like he's drinking seven up and so the the other thing that i'm not as well versed on the bible as some of my my other guests are but i uncovered this just doing some research so the fact that he says drinking seven up so he could have picked you know any soda or drink lemonade seven up coca-cola whatever but he picked seven up and then to follow that up with i would rather drink six razor blades so those two numbers, I, I guess, because of the research I've done, uh, have different uh, associations with good and evil in the Bible. So like six is commonly associated with Satan and seven's most commonly associated with God. So and then seven was also, as we know, was Prince's favorite number. True. Uh, him having been born on June 7th and also its connections to God in the Bible just makes sense why he would hone in on the number seven in so many of his lyrics over his career it's not a coincidence it's just simply not and I, ne- I never thought of that but yeah that's yeah that that makes sense 
that, that yeah, I mean, I, like I needed I needed help with that one. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I could claim I didn't need help with that connection, but thankfully there are people out there that know the Bible better than I do that can help me with that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much the the gist of this verse is really kind of pointing that out and just being anti-drug, doing something as drastic as drinking six razor blades and rather taking a, a hit of ecstasy. That's a pretty drastic statement. That's a really like bold thing to... To, to put out there that just again that just points to him being this character or prince whomever it's batman or prince really pushing an anti-drug message to say that yeah you see in the future and boy it's rough so again that also leads us or provides more ammunition to this being a very dark desolate dystopian future that he's talking about to yeah. say that he's seen the future and it's rough so then we get the course again. It's the exact same, so I won't repeat that. Uh, the only thing that's different is that he does. We're about to get like a little mini musical break. It's a he funky says, ass musical break. Yeah, it's. I like it. He says, "I've seen the future and it will be." Wait a minute, and then you get a little bit of a break. So yeah, get the got a funky guitar riff going on here. Somebody told him playing cops and robbers was cool. Would our rap have been different if we only knew? I've seen the future, and it will be. I've seen the future, and it works. If this life after we will see, don't go out like a jerk. But then he goes into Pretty Pony standing on the avenue, flashing a loaded pistol, too dumb to be true. Somebody told him playing cops and robbers was cool. Would our rap have been different if he only knew? So this is where you had referred to that line. If had I, would our rap have been different if we only knew? Right. Um, you want to expand on that a little bit more? Well, like yes, because like I was trying to figure out whose rap is he talking about. It, it, you know, like uh, I, I I really didn't think about this when I was preparing for the episode, and it, it's important to remember. Too, that like you know sometimes prince probably just says things because it rhymes or sounds good i mean so like it might not be any meaning but like i wonder if he's like talking about like when i think when i hear the word rap would our rap have been different i think of like you know like you know like the black panthers were like you know they were they were rap to people like your rap if you're like your organizer i don't know if they use the terminology now but back in the day you know like your rap is like that's your pitch that's how you are you know talking to people um to like cook them in quickly and then like you know get them to listen to whatever it is that you're saying and then eventually do whatever it is you want them to do um or hopefully what they want to do like you get them to see things in their interest you know but mm -hmm. like but the but you know maybe he's feeling like some of the rap that we were laying down went wrong somewhere you know maybe it's like you know like maybe it's an anti-violence message you know would our rap have been different if we had known that like you know people just pick up you know guns and start shooting at the wrong people like you know maybe i don't but see i don't know i don't yeah. know i don't understand this line i don't understand yeah i mean it also um the only other thing that i came up with besides what you talked about just now was rap is in rap sheet like would our rap sheet have been different if we only knew like because it leads us leads this verse up with pretty pony standing on the avenue so i get again like yellow smiley i think pretty pony is kind of like another code name for either a gangster gangbanger or drug dealer or something because he's standing on the avenue so you kind of get the impression that he's out there you know dealing drugs or whatever he's doing um and of course he's flashing a loaded pistol so Again, you get the impression that this is a violent person, somebody who, uh, you know, lives a dangerous lifestyle, has a dangerous lifestyle, criminal. And somebody told him playing cops and robbers was cool. Again, talking about Pretty Pony here standing on the avenue, who's maybe lived a life where, or grew up surrounded by violence, surrounded by uh, these types of activities where he was just kind of brought up in it. So 
believed like this is this the only way out or the only way to make a living was to do it illegally potentially and you know or 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 they they went into it because they felt like they were just emulating you know some of the people that were in the in this person's life as a youngster and they saw that and felt like this is this is my path too um and so that's the only reason why i also thought of rap sheet as potential um interpretation of that last line of this verse but yeah yes. i had discussion interaction interaction like you talked about in rap sheet those are the two things that made the most sense to me yeah that like uh it, i mean like uh and rap sheet does um go along with cops and robbers so um yeah either or i think it works either way and maybe both ways too yeah like you know like you know prince is good with puns like better mm -hmm. than i really realized until i started listening to your podcast <laughs> same like, here man <laughs> that like like a lot of these songs can be interpreted in like multiple ways there's something i wanted to say about the future it's not related to anything that's happening here but like it, yeah yeah on the nude tour i think it's the new tour he opens the set and he's he starts off playing like um the future and then over top of the beat of the future so like you know it's just like that on top of the drum beat for the future he then layers on the drum beat to housequake and then at some point he also layers on sexy dancers so like but the thing is like it's like this like maybe like 12 minute jam or something where like he's just layering all these rhythmic elements but all of them still fit and it's just like i know it's an overused word but like this man is a genius like how do you have all of these different layers of rhythm like and you can still hear all the elements of all of the songs i mean it's 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 insane it's insane now i need to go find that because that sounds amazing New, you you think it's the new tour? I'm almost positive. I mean, like, okay, because because like, uh, and I'll give you four, more frame of reference. Like in this concert, like it it starts off with like um just like the naked vocal of like um I think it's like something from the For You album, which is like that acapella of like um you know like that. I mean, that's the beginning of the concert. Like you know, and it has like photos of Prince, and then like I'm almost positive the opening song is the future. But like if it's not within the if it's not if it's not with if it's not the opening song it's definitely within the first half an hour that he does this um mm -hmm. and i think that i think the new tour you should find it i think it's the new tour okay i'll be i'll i'll be on the lookout for that because that sounds really cool actually <laughs> yeah sounds really cool okay so then after that third verse we get the chorus again and then what he does is he repeats the the first verse for verse number four so he just says again, systematic overthrow of the underclass. Hollywood conjures images of the past. New world needs spirituality that that will last. I've seen the future and it will be. And that gets repeated um, a handful more times before the song kind of finishes. And then you've got another um, another sample from the film, dialogue sample, with Joker, as played by Jack Nicholson, saying, think about the future and that is the end of the song the future it's a really kind of a, a i like the starkness of it i like you know the simplicity i mean it's simple but complex at the same time which is like some of prince's best music is simple but complex uh, the drum beat the drum machine beat stays pretty steady throughout but he'll add keyboards he'll add like you know that that guitar in the middle in the breakdown section um he's got that do 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 part that's really ominous sounding i just yeah. i just enjoyed this song overall for it's like dark it like gives a dark imagery which gotham city is like it's a great way to open an album that takes place in a pretty bleak location you know um gotham city in in 1989's batman is bleak and that's really the whole gist of the film's um, premise is that this is a, a violent place. Corruption is running rampant. You've got violence all over being, you know, um, violence hitting innocent people as well as criminals. And the police are 
just can't control it and the batman believes like he's the he's the answer and the song pointing to that like he's seen the future batman's seen the future and bat you know this gotham city needs me and and needs my my interaction my um my my resources and my ability to assist without law you know having to to deal with the actual pesky law you know <laughs> that the cops have to deal with yeah so the vigilante justice so to speak yeah um so yeah that brings us to the end of the song joe do you have any additional topics around the future that you want to talk about this is your chance there is one thing um it's not about the lyrical content i just wanted to say um because um you know like you know when else do you get to have conversations about like print songs um you know in depth with uh you know with uh you know somebody who um you know like either is or was a stranger i love the 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 part of the song like those uh synthesizer lines like all those ahs <laughs> um do you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah absolutely they, they, they sound so human um and like also spooky um yeah yeah exactly yeah, the song has has that kind of feel to it. It it is a little ominous and spooky sounding, um, which I like. I I like that style of Prince song when he yeah. when he goes there. He doesn't do it all that often. And Love Sexy had a, had a lot of brightness to it, so I like that this went. He went a different, took a different, darker path for this album. Okay, so Joe, um, where can people? find what you're up to i mean you recently shared with me that you recorded a, a song do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah so like um I, I used to have a job with um city government but um i quit like uh, like so many other people are quitting their jobs i i i i started working on a construction site as an electrical apprentice and it's the first job i've had where i work with my hands and i work around men all the time and you know you get to know them like, you know, listen to the, you know, their stories. And one of the things that like um, really stood out to me was there's this phrase that kept coming up. Like, you know, everybody needs a day. Everybody's got to take a day. He's talking about like, you know, we're working a whole bunch of overtime and, um, you know, people were talking about and imagining what their day off would look like. Um, you know, what does it, you know, what is it, what does your day off look like? And it's different for everybody. And, mm-hmm. um, I, um, I was, it, it, so one day, um, you know, it was after work and, um, I was tired and I was imagining what a day off would look like, um, you know, like, and, uh, and I wrote a song about an imagined day off and uh, the name of that song is Hey Charlie. Charlie walks gracefully in front of my car Before it was time for school He's a cool breeze On a warm summer day in the shade Charlie hangs in my room after school Playing his guitar and singing definitely make sure that uh people can hear that i'll link it in the show notes yes and then like uh and then you can hear the song yourself if you go to my twitter account uh i pinned it to the profile um it's a soundcloud uh my twitter handle is at my light in flight um and then like uh, you'll see my username come up as starlight so just uh you know the Stevie Wonder song, Love, Light, and Flight? Um, you know, that was taken. So, like, I am Starlight in Flight. <laughs> and then, like, and then, but the, the Twitter handle 
was already taken, so my Twitter handle is my light in flight. <laughs> Gotta get creative, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Very cool. I'll make sure that uh, people could find you and find the song. Thank you. So thanks again, Joe, for being first time guest on the show. I, um, I think it was a great conversation about a great song on the first uh, on the first track on the Batman soundtrack. So this has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show, Press Rewind Pod, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Got it on YouTube now as well. Got a Discord, so if you enjoy Discord, check out the show there and chat with some other Prince fam and um, listeners of the show. And until next time, thank you very much and goodbye. Sure.